Would you turn this morning to Romans, the 8th chapter, please? Romans 8. Everybody happy? Good. Are we blessed? We're extremely blessed. Thank you, Lord. Romans, the 8th chapter. Romans 8 and 14. Let's read our scripture. Let's pray before we read, release our faith to get everything we ought to get this morning. Father, we we love you. We thank you for all your goodness to us. Thank you for our health and strength, our brightness of mind, our prosperity, our family, our friends, our church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Open our eyes to see good things out of your word. Quicken us by it. Feed our spirit. Enlighten us. Bring us to a higher level and a greater level life of sensitivity and being led and following you, that we follow you fully always and miss you never. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 8, 14. Anybody know it by now? What does it say? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Again, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You've not received the spirit of bondage. Thank God he's not a binding spirit to fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Can children of God, can sons and daughters of God be led by the Spirit of God today? The Spirit of God lets us know by bearing witness with our spirit that we're born again, that we really are the children of God. He lets us know that. Could he let us know something else? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We should be led by the Spirit in even the small affairs of life. Because he's with us all the time. Didn't Jesus say that he would lead us into all truth and guide us into all truth? He'd bring everything to our remembrance that the Lord had said to us. He'd even show us things to come. Can we be spirit directed? Spirit guided? Spirit led? So many people are not. They're head led. Logic led. Reasoning led. Feeling led. Circumstance led. Advice by other people led, money led. But what are you? None of the above. (laughs) You're not head led, feeling led, emotion led, money led. You are spirit led. -led. In fact, Faith Life Church is a spirit led church. Full of spirit led families and spirit led leaders and spirit led people. From the least to the greatest, from the youngest to the oldest. Spiritually speaking, everybody at Faith Life Church is spirit-led. Amen? Amen. We're a spirit-led bunch. Now, in the last uh, two or three weeks, we've been going into some detail about how one can become more sensitive and more aware to the leadings of the Lord. Increased sensitivity. Things that are keys to success in living the spirit-led life. A couple of weeks ago, we gave you the first one, which is yieldedness. Yieldedness. If you weren't here and you want to get some of this, tapes are available. 
yieldedness. You got to cooperate with the Lord and follow Him when He leads you. Secondly, we talked about openness, and we talked about this last week further. Openness. You got to be open, willing and open to hear anything the Lord would say to you, to do anything He would direct you to do, to go or to stay. You got to be open. Open. If you're not open to it, the Lord a lot of times won't even talk to you about it because He knows you don't even want to hear it. Everybody say open. Open. Got to be yielded and willing and open. Now let's go on today to a third one. To be sensitive to the Spirit and not just be aware but to become more aware. To increase in your sensitivity to the Lord's leadings. You must have a clear conscience. Clear conscience. Go with me to Acts, please. The book of Acts. Some of these areas overlap a little bit, and yet there are distinctions also. Clear conscience. Does the New Testament have much to say about the conscience? There are actually over 30 references. Over 30 references to the conscience. In the New Testament. It must be important, mustn't it? Conscience. One individual. uh, Well, actually, I believe Brother Hagin used to talk about conscience being the voice of the spirit. Reasoning is the voice of the intellect, the mind. And feeling is the voice of the body. Conscience being the voice of the spirit. Now, when we use the word voice, don't get carried away uh, and, and just immediately think trying to hear something. Because when we say feelings, or feeling is the voice of the body, that doesn't mean you hear all your feelings with your ears. But that means the feelings are the way that the body expresses itself. And the expression of the mind is the reasoning, the intellect, the logic. And the the expression of the Spirit, or voice of the Spirit, is the conscience. Conscience. Do you have a conscience? Certainly you do. Are you aware of your conscience? What is your conscience? Can one be more or less aware of their conscience? Does how you live affect your conscience? Yes, it does. Can you have a good conscience, people say, or a bad conscience? A clear conscience. Well, what's the opposite of a clear conscience? Hmm? One that's not clear. Right? And and we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But in the book of Acts and the 23rd chapter, are you there? Acts 23. Over 30 references to the conscience in the New Testament, Paul referred to his own conscience about it being clear four different places, four different times. His conscience he talked about. Listen to Acts 23.1. Acts 23.1. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren... I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. How did he live? 
another translation says, the English version says, uh, My fellow Israelites, my conscience is perfectly clear about the way in which I have lived before God to this day. My conscience is perfectly clear about how I've lived. Well, that's a great thing to say, isn't it? How many believe that that was limited to the Apostle Paul, or could any Christian do that? Can any Christian live with a clear conscience? Should every Christian live in such a way to maintain a clear and a free conscience? Would that affect your ability to hear from God? Oh, my. Oh, does it? Does it? Because the Spirit of God, how does He communicate with us? He bears witness with our spirit and conscience being the voice of the spirit. That's how God leads us. So keeping your conscience clear is a big part of being aware and being sensitive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. He said, I've, I've kept a clear conscience. Now go to the 24th chapter, 24, 16. 24, 16. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, herein do I exercise Myself. Exercise means you're going to do something. Right? How many know you can exercise doing nothing? No. No, exercise involves doing something. Right? Exercise myself to what? To have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. He said, I exercise myself. Well, that means it doesn't just happen automatically. It means you got to do something. Exercise has to do with, with maintaining and working something. He said, I, I work this all the time so that all the time my conscience is void of an offense or clear between me and God and between me and people. How many believe that's the right thing for everybody to do? Yes. You ought not go. Weeks and months with something bothering you in your conscience between you and God or between you and people. You ought not go all day. You ought to get it straight. Right? Get it straight. Get it right. Get clear. So that you can lay your head on the pillow. Amen? Before you go to bed, as far as you know, (laughs) your heart's clear. Between you and God and between you and people. That includes your spouse. I said, that includes your spouse. I said, that includes your spouse. Didn't the Bible say, be angry and what? Sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, you know, just because you got angry didn't mean you've sinned. It depends on what you do once you get angry. Right? As to whether you sinned or not. But how many understand the scripture teaches in more places than one that you're not supposed to go day after day and week after week miffed. It's ungodly. It's unspiritual. And it's violating the clear direction of the word. Get it straight. Get it right. If you have to go to somebody, what if they don't want it right? Well, you do everything you can. 
As much as lies with you. The Bible said, live peaceably with all men. I mean, if they don't want it right, well, you it, do everything that you can do so that when you lay your head down, you know, well, I've done everything I know to do to get it right, to make it right. Keep your conscience clear. If you want to hear from God, you've got to live like this. I said, if you want to hear from God, you want to be led, you must live like this. He said, I exercise myself to have a, a conscience void of offense. Another translation. Says, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Without turning there, two other places Paul talked about his own conscience. In 2 Timothy 1 3, he says, I've served God from my forefathers with a pure conscience. In Hebrews 13 18, he said, I trust we have a good conscience in all things to live honestly. Was Paul's conscience a vital thing to him? Absolutely. Now, let's talk about then for a bit why people don't have a clear conscience. You know, when you're born again, you're born a spiritual baby, spiritual infant, but you're clean. I said you're clean. And your heart is clean. And your conscience is clean. And you are pure before the Lord. And little ones, I mean in the natural, little ones before they reach the age of accountability to know the difference between good and evil, their spirits are alive to God. Little ones are alive to God. Amen? And aware of things. You know, there's a story of a well-known, I won't call their name, a well-known Christian singer some years ago that was uh, getting ready to go somewhere and fly in an airplane and, and uh, the... Uh, his little boy, I think he was three years old, sleep in the back seat. And his wife was with him and they came and, and got out of the car and, and, and he got, went and got in the airplane. And uh, his little boy, just about time the airplane started up, his little boy jumped up on the back seat and said, Mama, Mama, is Daddy in that airplane? Daddy in that airplane? And she said, Yeah, baby. He said, Doesn't he know it's going to crash into that hill? And sure enough, it did. How did he know that? His little spirit's alive unto God. But here's the bigger issue. Why didn't the adults know it? Why weren't the adults aware of it? Well, because of this. Even though we're born alert and aware and sensitive, what you do in the following days and weeks and months and years of walking with the Lord will either cause your conscience to stay clear or it will cause it to begin to be clouded. And when you ignore your conscience bothering you, you ignore the Lord dealing with you, then in effect you dull yourself. And if you do that long enough, you get duller and duller and duller until you're just aware of natural things and you're not aware of spiritual things. But that's not us. Even if you've become dull, you can get sensitive again. Amen? Amen? Now here's the thing. When you are looking to the Lord to get leading from Him, where do you look? When you're looking to the Lord for direction, where do you look? You look inside, right? We are led internally. The Spirit of God bears witness with our 
not our intellect, not our emotions, not our feelings, with our spirit. So we look inside. So where are we going to find our direction? Inside. Right? Inside our own spirits, because the Holy Spirit lives in here. Right? And he knows what we should do. He knows the right way, and we're going to get it from our inside. But your spirit can either be clear or it can be cluttered. Everybody say cluttered. Cluttered. Just exactly like a closet that's cluttered. Or a garage that's cluttered. Or a desk that's cluttered. Everybody say cluttered. 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 When something's cluttered, is it easy to find things? No. Mm-mm. I know years ago, a friend of mine and I were working on an old hot rod. And we got to this certain thing and we, we needed a specific tool, designated tool to do that little job. And we walked over to his, uh, his tool bin and garage and I'm telling you, it was a disaster. I mean, you couldn't even walk through the place. And uh, he said, I know I've got, I've got two or three of those. He said, but it might take us half a day to find it. He said, come on, let's just go to the parts place and get one. He said, I know I I probably got two or three. But he knew it was in there. But it was very difficult to find. Why? So much clutter. So many times that's the way Christians are. They know it's in there, that direction, that guidance. They know it's in there, but dear me, putting your hand on it. Because you start to look at it, and there's some stuff from 1969 (laughs) that I never took care of. And there's some stuff from 72 that we never got worked out. And there's some stuff from 89. See, friends, we are not to go day after day with something inside us bothering us. Bothering us. You didn't do that. You didn't take care of that. That bothering, that nagging thing a little bit, that bothering, that you live with that and you you go on, you are not having a clear conscience. You will become more clouded, more darkened. And duller the further you go. Why, how'd that garage get that way? How did it get that way? You, you got finished working on the motor. And you got tools everywhere. And you got stuff everywhere. And you're ready to just get out of there. But inside, what happens? Inside, you ought to put that up. You ought to go ahead and take just a minute and put that back where you got it. Right? Oh, friends, are you listening now? I'm not just telling stories. You ought to take just a minute and put that up. And if you go, nah, nah, I'll do it later. What did you just get through doing? You overrode a prompting or something you had on the inside. Is that serious? Oh, how serious it is. People are dead today because of ignoring that. And you don't just wait until something major comes up to try to be sensitive. You've got to be sensitive day in and day out. 
If you want to be sensitive on the big things, you got to be obedient on the little things. If you want to be receptive of his direction, you must be receptive of his correction. So week after week, you knew you ought to go ahead and take a minute and straighten it up, but you didn't. And you knew next week you got stuff strode in, and you think, well, I got to clean that up anyway. So uh, you knew you ought to take time and clean both messes up, but you just say, well, you know, okay, just we'll get it later. And you're, well, it's no big deal. Well, maybe the stuff being scattered around might not be a big deal. Might not be a big deal. But you ignoring what you got on the inside, that is a huge deal. Are y'all with me now? I'm t- you get a hold of this, it'll change your life. It will change your life. You'll stop missing it on stuff. And you'll start nailing it. Right place. Right time. You'll know what to do. What if everything in your life has its own place? How many believe God is a messy God? Sloppy God? Huh? Oh, you talk about precision. This universe. Is every star have its own place? Every planet? Every moon? The balance of this planet. The ebb and flow of the tides. And the cycles in the animal world and and the plant world. Precision. Your own human body. I'm telling you. You and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. God didn't just throw your ears just anywhere. There's a place for them. Right? Huh? He didn't put your hands and your toes and your feet just anywhere. Just scatter them around wherever they would stick. There's a place for them. And they ought to be in that place and no other place. Said out loud, everything, everything should have its own place. Its own place. Everything, everything should be in its place. Be in its place. Amen. Now you've let stuff go before and I have too. But let's straighten it up. Let's go ahead and get it straight. Right? Teach your little ones. It's not okay for them to throw stuff all over the place and just leave it indefinitely. Teach them. Mama's not their personal maid. There's no reason for children not to pick up after themselves. You're not just teaching them good housekeeping. You're teaching them how to be led by the Spirit. That was too weak. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't, y'all don't agree? I'm telling you. These things are more important than you think. Well, you know, I'll get to all that. Mess sometime and sort it out and clean it out. Why wait? Why wait? Because I'm telling you, everything that you are procrastinating about is hindering your spiritual sensitivity. Every natural thing and every spiritual thing. Everything that you keep putting off, that you keep procrastinating, is something that clutters and clouds your being led and hearing from God. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. You see, why was Paul so big on keeping his conscience clear? Man, he's got to hear from God, right? We must hear from God about this church and about this ministry. Why are so many people when things come up go, is that God? I don't know. It kind of seems like it. But why are so many people confused about is it God or not? Because their spirits are so cluttered. There's so many times they didn't obey. So many things. 
they didn't follow through on and pay attention to. Well, you can't change the past, but I'll tell you what you can do. You can clean out that closet this week. You can get that garage straightened up this week. So what's that got to do? I'm telling you, it's all connected. If you'll just let stuff go and stroll and be sloppy naturally, that's a reflection of how you are inside. Hmm? We're having fun now, aren't we? Well, you know I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm not afraid of you. I gotta, I'm going to stand before the Lord one day. Right? And give an account for how I led this church. And I'm telling you, I know. I mean, following that prompting. The Lord has protected us in flying I don't know how many times. Just by that one simple thing. I've had something come up to me. I think I told you, you know, on another airplane it had a nose wheel pin. That you took the pin out to tow it and you had to put the pin back in. Or it's why you got no steering when you take off. Well, I was busy and something, and a and, and a ground crew had already checked this thing. The people who towed it were supposed to fix it, and, and another pilot told me they had already checked it. And I got up in the airplane. I'm putting on the seatbelt. I'm ready to start engines. And it came up to me about that nose pin. Well, it'd come up about two two times already about that nose pin. I don't mean a voice. I don't mean a feeling, but just something. He thought, well, they've checked it, and he checked it. How many understand? You don't trust anybody or anything more than you trust this. What you get in here. And you don't let anybody talk you out of this. Because they may be sincere. They may not be trying to lie to you. But they may just be wrong. And so uh, finally, I mean, you know, the door's shut. They're unplugging stuff. We're all buttoned in. And, and I said, I'm sorry. Just stop. Stop. I got to get out and see this. So I undid everything, holding everybody up, opened the door. The pin was not in. Well, that means at 120 miles an hour, I can't steer. That's not cool. (laughs) You want to be able to steer when you're ripping down the runway at 120 miles an hour. But I mean, things like that. But see, here's the deal. If you are accustomed to ignoring those so-called little things at home, then you're probably going to ignore it here. That's just the way you live. But if you are in a habit of obeying that, you laid that thing on the on the desk there and a little something and you say, go ahead and hang that up. And you go, okay, all right, go hang, hang it up. If you go ahead and hang it up and you live like that, did you hear me? I said, you live like that. Then not only will you follow the Lord in the little things, you'll follow him in the big things. You have trained yourself to obey and you keep your spirit clear. There's nothing gnawing at the back of your mind. There's nothing nagging you that you haven't done or that you're putting off. No, you're clear. I've done it. When it comes to you, you do it. And then you stay clear. You talk to somebody. And you realize, I said that too harsh. I shouldn't have said that like that. Ah, they know me. You just made a mistake. Did you hear me? Ah, they know me. You know, and just go on and and forget about. You just overrode something you had in your heart. That's how you get cluttered. That's how you dull yourself. No, what do you do? Right then. Right then. Turn around. I'm sorry. I said that too harsh. Shouldn't have said it that way. 
Right? Clear. Everybody say clear. Clear, clear. clear. Keep your spirit clear. Keep your conscience clear. Clear. Everybody say clear. Now, this is how you live. This is not something you do. You don't just come down to the altar and cry and cry and you, you got touched from God and that's the end. No, you got to live like this. Every day, day in, day out, all day. If you make a mistake, repent, but get it straight, but then live with a clear conscience. Everybody say clear. clear. You know, uh, talking about the cluttered closet, here's the definition of clutter. A crowded or confused mass. A crowded, confused collection. Another one says, to fill or cover with scattered and disordered things that impede movement or reduce effectiveness. It just wastes all kind of time. You know, I've done it before. Haven't been as conscientious. You know, let stuff pile up on my desk and got... All kind of stuff that ought to be filed. And then something come up and I need to put my hand on that document. Well, where is it at? Got to go through two stacks of stuff this high to find. Well, that's not okay. That wastes hours. It can just cause problems. The bigger thing is you've been ignoring what's in your heart. How many think you feel a lot better? Go ahead and get that closet cleaned up. Go ahead and get that garage. Get every tool where it's supposed to be. Get everything where it's supposed to be. So something comes up, you know exactly where it's at. You walk right in there and put your hand on it. There it is. You open that filing cabinet, pull the file. There it is, right there, right there. Go straight to it. Friend, you practice that in the natural. You'll learn how to do that in the spirit. Something come up, you'll learn how to look right in your spirit. Put your hand right on that thing. This is what I do. Amen. No confusion, no clutter, no cloudiness, no dullness. Sharp. Sensitive. Alert. Aware. That's us. Everybody say, that's me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to uh, Matthew 25, please. What kind of people does God use? Well, you know, there's a number of answers to that question, I'm sure. But here's one answer in what we're talking about today. What kind of people does God use? People who are ready. Right? People who are prepared. People who are ready. You remember this, don't you? In Matthew 25, the story of the uh, the ten virgins. You remember that? Verse 1. Matthew 25, 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now why did they do that? Why did they do what the other ones did not? How many understand it took a little extra time to get you a vessel and, and go get some oil and put some extra oil in it and take it with your lamp? Why did they do that? Something must have come up in them that you better be prepared to stay longer than a one lamp's worth of oil. How many think the same thing came up to the foolish? 
I said the same thing, same thought crossed their mind. Sure it did. God's fair. But they ignored that. The foolish ones ignored the thought you ought to carry some extra oil with you. The wise ones didn't ignore it. They acted on it. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go out to meet him. All the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. Well, why are they going out? They didn't listen to their hearts. They didn't take the extra that it crossed their mind that they should take. But the wise answered and saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and for you, but go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and what? And what? They that were ready. The ready ones went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Everybody say ready. 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 Well, you know, having things in their place, having things cleaned, having things organized is a big part of being ready. Then you're ready to work on something. You're ready to get to the files. You're ready if, if your stuff is, is not clean and it's not in its place and it's scattered and it's disorganized, it's not ready. And people whose stuff is that way on the outside, that's the way they are on the inside. Did you hear me? Now, we've all done some of this, so no condemnation, but just realize that the outside is a reflection of the inside. And people get to the point where they go, well, you know, what's the use anyway? And and houses just get worse and worse and worse. And so you have to push the clothes aside to walk through it, wade through. Somebody says, well, I'm, I'm a single guy in college. You know, what does that matter? It matters. You don't have to be a slob because you're a single guy in college. What's one got to do with the other? Hmm? Well, I don't feel like it. Why? Because you was out partying too late. We ought to quit that too. Just get back to God and clean your room. <laughs> Amen. Amaze your dad. Go home and paint the steps. Pick up after yourself without your mom having to do it. Be a man. Be a woman. Be together. Amen? Amen. Be sharp. It'll help you spiritually. I'm telling you. It'll help you spiritually. Everybody say ready. Ready. What kind of people does God use? Ready. Ready. Listen to Revelation 19. It says... Be glad and rejoice. Give honor to him, to the Lord. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. Ready. How many ready to meet the Lord? That was a little weak. Well, if you think something's lacking, get it in order. Right? In fact, that's a big part of my job. And our job as ministry, didn't the Bible say, talking about John the Baptist, his ministry was to go out and get a people ready for the coming of the Lord. Well, he did come. But how many know he's coming again? So we ought to be getting the people ready for the coming of the Lord. Ready. Everybody say ready. 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 If you're almost ready, what does that mean? 
You're not ready. If you're getting ready. Are you ready? I'm getting there. What does that mean? You ain't ready. I said, watch it, Brother Keith. Oh, I'm watching it. I'm heading right on into it. It's not okay to make people wait on you all the time. It's disrespectful. It's self-centered. What you're saying, every time you make people wait on you, you're saying, my time is more important than your time. And if it takes me half a day to get ready and you have to wait on me, well, that's just okay. Because I'm more important than you are. So you wait on me. And so many times the reason why it takes people so long to get ready to do something is because they're doing all kind of other stuff that they shouldn't be doing. For instance, if you're getting ready to go somewhere, it's not time to clean house. It's time to get ready to go. (laughs) Now you might think, well, Brother Keith, why are you meddling with me? Because it could save your life. How many remember the plane crash? Another plane crash. I don't crash. I don't do crashes. But do you remember the plane crash of uh, John Kennedy Jr.? He and his wife, and was it his sister-in-law, that went down in that little single off the coast up in the northeast there? Do you know... Probably one of the reasons he crashed was because of his lack of skill as an instrument pilot. But he didn't intend to be flying in those conditions. He was ready to go hours before. But the girls made him late. Did you hear me? I'm not sure if it was his wife. I think maybe it was the sister-in-law. But they wound up pushing him like two hours late or whatever it was. That allowed the fog to move in and allowed it to get dark. And he should have just canceled if he wasn't comfortable with it. But he didn't. He pushed on past it and was flying in conditions. If he'd have been flying two hours earlier, he'd have had enough visibility to do what he was capable of doing. Are there times and situations where somebody dragging around and being late can make the difference? It can cause you to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Did you hear me? Would they still be alive if she'd have been on time and had left two hours earlier? Entirely possible, probable. Now these things are real, friend. I mean, you, people can make excuses and they can make fun and they can, you know, because they want to do things the way they want to do it and how they want to do it. But it dulls your spirit. When you ignore, there have been times in my spirit that I just had a a prompting, get there, do it, do it. And so you you follow that and you avoid a problem. Didn't know it till it was all after the fact. And then there's been other times the Lord did with me, no, stay here, just wait. But at least I was ready. I was ready to do either one. Now I've missed it in these areas just like you have. But let's learn. I said, let's learn. Let's grow. What kind of people does God use? Ready. Ready. Not getting ready. Ready. That's the kind of people I use. Amen. Brother Hagen used to call on me. 
I respect him, but it's not just me serving him. I serve the Lord. And the Lord told me to help him. Amen. When he called, you know, people would laugh at me sometimes because he'd call me up on the platform and I would run up the steps. They said, what are you run for? I said, I got called. Yeah, but you run up the steps. Well, he asked me to do something now. I respect the flow of the service. I don't want it to lull. Right? He called on me. How many remember the parable that Jesus taught about how the man prepared his supper? And he called them to come. And one by one they begin to make excuse. One said, well, I just got married. One said, I just bought some equipment. One said, I got a business deal. And, and one after another, they didn't come. Did it irritate the Lord? Oh, it made him mad. And he said, they're unworthy of this. Go call somebody else. Why? Not ready. When the Lord calls, what do you say? Ready? Yes, sir. Here I am. Right? What if you're getting ready? Not ready. Soon be ready. Not ready. Intended on being ready. (laughs) It means you're not ready. Right? And it shows your priorities. Other stuff is priority to you. You'll get to it when you get to it. That kind of attitude is rebellious against the Lord. It is disrespectful. Well, I'll get there when I get there. I'll be ready when I'll get ready. You'll just have to wait till I do. <laughs> See, that's not right. What kind of people does God use? Tell me. Ready. People who are ready. 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 Ready, willing to serve the Lord. Ready to obey. Ready to give. Ready to do. Ready to go. Ready. Ready. And when God's your priority, you know, you'll learn. I, you know, I made some mistakes in the beginning especially, and it made some sense then. But I learned. I'd just have a prompting to pray, so I'd pray. I'd have a prompting to study something, so I'd study it and write an outline on it. And wind up at a service, and Brother Hagin say, here, take this. You got something on your heart to preach? Go. Boy, I was glad I was ready. Huh? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Well, what kind of people does God use? Well, I kept getting used again and again and again. Why? Because I was ready. The Lord was helping me to be ready. But what if you ignore and say, well, I don't know. I'm not doing anything today. I'm not doing anything at that service. Why should I get ready? Well, then you won't be used. You're not prepared. You're not ready. Brother Jerry Savell said, when he used to travel with Brother Kenneth Copeland, he said, I mean, you know, week after week, he'd have his notes right there in his Bible. I mean, he's ready. He, he's primed. Whatever comes up, he's loaded. Everybody say ready. These are the people who get used. Amen. Turn with me to Hebrews. Does this bear witness with your spirit? Do you believe that these things would affect your spiritual sensitivity? They would help you to become more alert and aware? Declutter your life. Anything that's bothering your spirit, fix it. Do it. Get it done. Get it straight so you get it off your mind. Get it out of your heart. Get it done. Anything that ought to be fixed, get it fixed. Get a clear conscience. Don't procrastinate. Don't put stuff off and put stuff off and put stuff off. Don't do that. It hurts you spiritually. Take care of it. Get it done. Get it done. If the Lord deals with you to wait, well, wait. But otherwise, if it comes up in you, get it done. In Hebrews, the ninth chapter, 
Hebrews 9, are you there? Hebrews 9 and 12. It says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, Jesus' blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of the Christ, the Anointed One, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? What can cleanse and purge the conscience? Only one thing. What can relieve you from a guilty conscience? Only one thing. Only one thing. The blood of the Lamb can cleanse you from a a bad conscience, guilty conscience. But here's another thing, another word. Who can keep your conscience clear? Talking about cleansing the conscience, only the blood can do that. But who can keep your conscience clear? You have to do that by obeying. Right? Day in, day out, following your conscience. So if we've made mistakes, we're going to receive communion this morning. And we're going to receive the cleansing power of the blood. How many excited about that? You thank God for that. And even if you've had a guilty conscience, and you've made mistakes, and you've let things go that you shouldn't have, and you did things that you shouldn't have done, and your conscience has bothered you and bothered you, and you didn't pay attention to it, and you've had a defiled And a guilty conscience. You can receive the power of the blood today. While we receive communion. And be cleansed. How many believe it? You can be cleansed. Purged. The blood will cleanse you. But. In addition to that. We're going to make a commitment. Are we not? That when something comes up. We're going to follow our hearts. And keep our conscience clear. A clean conscience. And a clear conscience, how many believe, would be a sensitive spirit. Clean conscience, clear conscience, sensitive spirit. And from the time you get up in the morning, tomorrow, Monday morning, all through the day, at work, at school, at home, all as you make decisions, as things come up, you'll pause and check your heart and you'll just know on the inside what to do. I don't do that, so you don't. Do that, yeah, so you do. Wait, so you wait. Move, so you move. Amen? And you're at the right place at the right time. And you know the right thing to say. And you're never at the wrong place at the wrong time. This is spirit-led living. I said this is spirit-led living and it's glorious. It's wonderful. He'll lead you right out of problems into wonderful good things, into blessing, into prosperity, into healing, into deliverance. He's a good God. Say it out loud, thank you for the blood. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.